You are listening to The Marketing Funnel Show, episode number 64. You may be wondering, is creating content really worth my time? Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about content and how it can help your business grow on today's show. Welcome to The Marketing Funnel Show. I'm your host, Michelle Evans, and this is the podcast for coaches, experts, and online business owners to learn how to go from simply surviving to sold out using the power of marketing funnels. All right, let's jump into today's show. Hey there and welcome. I'm so glad that you decided to tune in today because we're talking about a piece of the marketing funnel that many people either skip over or just don't talk about at all. And it's your warm up content or as a lot of people call it, your um, content marketing, marketing content creation, like you put it out there, you know, blogging, podcasting, videos, whatever you do for content. And before you roll your eyes and tune out, because you've heard it all before, I want to invite you to stick with me, stick around today. Recently, I saw one of my virtual mentors, Seth Godin, talking about content marketing. And, you know, I've followed Seth Godin for a long time, and he said that content marketing is, quote, the only marketing left because content is authentic, it's useful, and it's really well suited for our culture where we're always on social media, we're always looking for um, Insta answers, you know, it's just content is the perfect way to connect with people. And Seth Godin has always been a visionary and a leader. And I gotta say, like, I've obsessively followed his work since my college days. And his his book, Lynchpin, was actually, I read it before I left my corporate job at Microsoft. And it was one of the things that really got me to take a step back and be like, wait a minute, am I a linchpin? Am I creating myself to be a linchpin? And it really um, started me asking some hard questions. So I've been obsessed with Seth Godin for a long time. And I trust his guidance for the future of marketing. He's one of the few people that I really do trust pretty implicitly, you know, what he's thinking, where he's going, all that stuff. And there have been a number of studies that really back him up because, you know, I can trust, but I also have to look for, for evidence as well, right? In fact, there are some recent studies that I've seen by some really big folks out there that have reinforced and found three really important points about content marketing. So let me just share these with you in case you're a little skeptical about if content is worth your time and effort. So get this, according to one study, 86% of consumers say that authenticity is a key differentiator, something that really helps them decide to purchase from one person or business over over another. So that's 86%. That's a really, really big deal. And what better way to authentically show up than to create content that connects and engages your audience, right? You'll attract the right people in, all that kind of stuff. All right, here's another study point that I found. 73% of consumers would pay more for a product if the company behind it promises transparency. This doesn't mean that you need to be like running around fully naked, letting everybody into all your, you know, behind the scenes business. 
but you know, it, pe- what it means is that people want to know, can I trust you? And you can absolutely use content to be transparent about your process, about your work, and about your clients, your students, you know, whatever you call the people who buy from you, about the journey that you've been on and more. What people want to know is, you know, you're promising all these great things, but what's really behind there? What Can I really trust what's happening? Because there's a lot of people out there making big promises that they can't really back up, right? And then this last point I found, like it really blew my socks off. Um, It said 94% of consumers say they would remain loyal to a brand that provides complete transparency. And this is so powerful. Brands, companies, people that provide complete transparency really build trust. That means You know, I I think about some of the brands like Seth Godin, who I feel like he's really transparent. No, I don't know absolutely everything he does, but I feel like when he figures something out, he shares it. He shares it in a blog post. He shares it in a book. He shares it in a video. He shares it in a podcast um, interview. You know, who knows how he's going to share it, but I feel like he's transparent with his thinking and where he's going. And, you know, that's just one example. I'm, I'm sure if you think about some of the people that you're really committed to, you'll, you'll see that they have an element of transparency as well. And we, we, we remain really loyal to that because it's like, we can see the good, we can see the bad, right? And these are big shifts in how your audience, how your buyers, how the people you want to attract to your business this is a big shift in how they want to consume content for you, from you. And really, make no mistake about it, they do want to consume content. And I'm paying attention to this, and I hope that you're paying attention to this, because these are really important shifts that have been happening for a while, but they really, really have come to the forefront this past year. You see, creating content, for me, used to be hard really, really hard. And for a very, very long time, I struggled with it. Now, you may not struggle with creating content. It may come really easy to you. It did not come easy to me. I didn't know what to talk about. I didn't know specifically who I was talking to. I didn't know how to create content well. I didn't know what I'd even do with the content when I, once I created it. And I didn't really see the value in creating content. And because I didn't know who I was talking to or what I was talking about or what my main message was, uh, everything seemed hard. And every time I sat down to write, I felt like I was writing for the world and that it all had to be perfect. And I just made it a lot harder on myself than it needed to be. And I'm sharing this because maybe you have done that too. Maybe your content creation process, maybe you love to write or maybe you love to do videos or audios or whatever, but maybe this seems hard to you as well. And, you know, for me, because I wasn't super clear on who I was talking to, what I was talking about, what my main message was, um, I started really getting into the nuts and bolts like, Maybe I just don't know how to blog write it well enough. Like I need, I just need the formula for the perfect blog post and I'll have it set. Or maybe blog's not it. Maybe I need to do video or maybe it's not video. I need to do audio. Like, you know, I just kept looking for like, what's that little nugget? And I didn't need a nugget. What I needed to do was back up a little bit. And I'm going to share some of that today, but 
Because of this, content creation for me felt like it was hard, it felt heavy, it felt like this giant weight that was constantly hanging over my head, but it also felt like a huge waste of time and of brain cells and of effort for a long time. And when I say a long time, like I went full-time in my business in January of 2012, I would say it was probably not until maybe 2016, maybe early 2017 that I stopped resisting and and really um, making content creation hard. So that was a long time, like four or five years. And even before that, when I was still at Microsoft, I was supposed to create content, like do some internal blog posts and videos and that kind of stuff. And even then I would make it really hard. And let's be honest, even if you love creating content, it takes work, it takes discipline, it takes focus, it takes a process, it takes you know, being thoughtful about your message and your audience and who you're trying to attract and what you're trying to talk about. And for a long time, again, I thought that I didn't have the skills to do it right. I thought I wasn't a good enough writer or a good enough talker or a good enough, you know, like I don't really love how I look on video. And so I just make it about all these kind of tasky things. But then, you know, probably in in mid 2016 to early 2017, um, well, actually, I know when it was. In August of 2016, I went to Amy Porterfield's house. I for her 100th podcast episode, she had this contest, um, and I didn't I didn't win the contest, but I was one of the runner ups. And basically, we were invited to go to her house. I think there was like five or six of us who were invited to go to her house and have a one day mastermind. And of course, like I was so excited to go do that. So I hopped on a plane and I went down to California. And Amy Porterfield was there, the five or six other people. I'm, I should have counted up before I started doing this. I think it, it might have been me plus five people. And um, Rick Mulready were there. <clears throat> and as I was, as we were going through and doing some of our masterminding, um, Amy was talking about how important content creation was. And like, I was sort of sinking into the couch. Like I wanted that couch to eat me up. Because number one, I knew. I knew this already in my head that creating content was important. And number two, I knew that I wasn't doing it um, consistently enough. And Amy was so sweet. She gave me this out. She's like, look, Michelle, I know it's really hard. And I was like, no, Amy, it's not hard. I just haven't been committed to it. I haven't been committed to my message. I haven't been committed to my audience. So thank you for giving me this out of saying it's hard, but let's just cut that story short right now. And let's just say I haven't been committed to myself, my audience, my message and my business. And I need to get that commitment in place. And it was true. I did. And the thing is, is that I had that realization, like I wanted the couch to eat me up. (laughs) I wanted to just like sink back into the couch and be invisible. But I was so thankful that Amy and even Rick, because he was part of that conversation as well. I was so thankful that they called me out on this um, and that they shared how how pivotal and critical creating um, content was, uh, specifically their their podcast, but how pivotal and critical that was in building their business. Because for me, it was like, all right, enough with the excuses, enough with the stories, I need to get committed to first and foremost, who am I serving? 
And then, you know, what's, what's the content that they want from me? And that's where I would get stuck a lot. Um, and, and instead of, you know, spinning out of control with like, does it need to be a podcast? Does it need to be video? Does it need to be written? You know, like with all of those things, I was instead decided to be straightforward and simple and just say, look, I just need to get out of my own way. I also found, I also found for myself how critical it was to create the right kind of content. So prior to having this conversation with Amy and Rick and I even, I went a lot deeper with Amy when I got a chance to kind of break off and have a one-on-one conversation. And I just, like, I got hit upside the head and it was just like, she didn't hit me. I hit myself like, oh my gosh. Um, is that I was creating the wrong kind of content. And you might be as well. Because I was creating the kind of content I wanted that I wanted to create, that I wanted to consume. And I had to just take a step back and go, wait a second. Is this content even serving my audience? And the answer is no. And guess what? No matter what your business focus is, this might be true for you too. So let me take you through some of my ahas so that you can create the right kind of content that attracts and engages your ideal audience and that puts them on the path to working with you. And before we even get started, I want you to know you have the skills that you need to get content out there right now. You don't have to become a perfectly polished, you know, video person or a perfectly polished podcaster. I mean, goodness knows I'm not. You don't have to be the perfect writer. What you have to do is, well, at least what I had to do. I don't know. For you, your your journey might be different. But for me, I had to have these three ahas and really put myself in the shoes of the people that I was trying to connect with. And so aha number one is people do not care how much we know until they know where we started from. Okay, this is a really different approach to content creation, right? But there there may be some people out there who are just born to greatness. And honestly, I think they are very few and far between. I mean, we hear great stories like I think of Richard Branson. Um, But honestly, even if you dive into his story, he'll tell you about his struggles, his struggles with dyslexia, with, you know, basically getting kicked out of school because he was, quote unquote, too stupid and, you know, just all of these things. But it's easy to wrap our heads around really huge successes and to have these stories that there are people who are born to greatness. And honestly, I think that those stories are pretty unrelatable. When I see, you know, people talking about how they've you know, exploded their business to multi seven figures or multi eight figures in, you know, just six months. To me, that's pretty unrelatable. I want someone who had a little bit of a struggle because I've had a little bit of a struggle, right? And that's why I love people like Oprah, for example. She's the queen of letting us know that she started at a very humble place, that she struggled, that she had to deal with a lot of stuff a lot of, you know, external stuff, a lot of internal stuff, a lot of just stuff, right? Yet she keeps showing up and growing and delivering in different ways. And I think that's why she's so beloved, even after all these years 
I mean, if you think about, if you're as old as I am, if you think about all the people who exploded onto the talk show scene in the 80s like she did, nobody, nobody has the following that she has of people who absolutely love them. And I think that it's really because people relate to Oprah. They know she's had to deal with demons in her life, eating, um, you know, sexual abuse, all sorts of stuff. She's had to deal with real stuff and she's had to figure it out and make it a part of her life story to continue to grow and expand and to get as far as she's gotten. And so we want more from her because we're, we feel like, okay, yeah, she's a multi-billionaire with her own TV network, yet she's still relatable, right? And most of us started into our business for a reason. And that reason is usually really personal and real. And it's important that we share our starting place with our audience. What did we struggle with? Why is this work so important? How, you know, what are some of the things that really um, got us to this place? And if you think about Oprah, and again, she might not be your favorite person. If you don't love Oprah, find somebody you love. You know, I don't know, Elon Musk or Richard Branson or, you know, any number of people out there. Take a look at what their origin story is and and get some, I mean, don't steal their story, of course, but get some inspiration from how they've shared um, how they got started in this business and and start to really craft yours. And again, you want yours to come from truth and from authenticity. You don't want to make it up or make it, you know, crazy dramatic, but make it true for you. And, and really people, they don't really care about your 12 step process until they know where you started from. And that leads me to aha number two. No one wants your 12 step step process yet. (laughs) And look, I've never met a business owner who didn't suffer from the curse of knowledge ever. And I'm putting myself squarely in that category as well. And if you've never heard the term, the curse of knowledge, it's uh, the first time I heard it was from the book Made to Stick by the Heath brothers. And it's a really good book on storytelling. But the curse of knowledge is basically this. We're too close to our to our knowledge. We're too close to our subject matter. We're too close to our business. We know too much. It's hard for us to remember not knowing everything that we know. And so it can be hard for us to talk to people who aren't, you know, living and breathing our subject area. And, you know, you and I, we wouldn't have started our businesses if we didn't love our topic area, our subject, right? We love it. We live it. We breathe it. We know it. You're an expert in what you do. I'm an expert in what I do. And over the course of my career in corporate America, my degree from the University of Washington in in business and marketing, and having my own business for the last over seven years, I have read at a minimum 2,000 books on marketing, on psychology, on messaging, on storytelling, on digital marketing, and more. And when I say read, like, I really have sat down and read many of those, but 
for the past couple years, I've been, you know, quote unquote, reading with Audible, which I love. Um, and I've read countless blog posts and watched, I don't know, roughly a gajillion videos and listened to so, so many podcasts and Audible books on marketing. But you probably haven't. In fact, you may not even really like marketing. You might kind of hate it. <laughs> and that's totally fine. You do not need to know as much as I do. You do not need to have as much experience with marketing as I do. Instead, it's my job to give you the right type of information, the right kind of stories, and most importantly, the right inspiration at the right time. So, you know, inspiration needs to come before that information, right? If I lead with, um, you know, my, I don't know, 83-step process, <laughs> I don't have an 83-step process, just to be clear, but if I did, if I led with that and took you step by painstaking step through that process from the get-go, it would kill any interest that you would ever have in what I do. And the same goes for you. If you think about, you know, the, you know, bajillion books that you've read, all the podcasts and blog posts and videos that you follow, all the, you know, education that you have in your topic, if you lead with your process and you try to make people an expert from the get-go, they're going to get so overwhelmed. And that's a big part of the problem that I used to have with creating content, a lot of it is not even available anymore, but it used to be so heavy that unless you were a total marketing geek like me, it would be way too much to read. And the same goes for you. And it's important that you hone your craft and have a process for your work, absolutely. But don't lead with that process. Lead with something that connects and engages, something that inspires, something that's exciting, um, or even, you know, taking people back to where you started and why this work is important to you and to your clients and to your customers and to your students and, you know, whatever. Just remember that, especially in the warm-up phase when people are just starting to get to know you, inspiration and, and true authentic stories go so much further than step-by-step how-tos or, um, you know, really dense information. All right, let's move on to aha number three. So this is the last aha that I had um, as I was doing, as I was pivoting in how I did content. And it's this, everyone wants to feel something. And the, the truth is, feelings don't mean that it has to be some made-for-hallmark uh, special, right? Feelings can look, sound, and be authentic to you. And knowing uh, the kinds of feelings that you want to convey and that you want to have your audience feel is really important. And take a moment for yourself and think about some of your favorite creators creators, you know, like people who make um, blogs or videos or podcasts out there, do they give you a feeling of hope? Do they make you laugh? Do they make you pause and think? Do they make you ask questions? Do they make you feel inspired or grateful or fearful or, you know, who knows what? It really, it's all about being a real person when you create your content. 
not a robot that spits out keyword heavy blog posts or social media updates so that you can score some points with Google and Facebook and all the you know other stuff out there. But instead, what kind of feelings move you? And how can you use those feelings to move your audience? When I took the pressure off of myself of having to be some like college level professorial expert every time I created content, and instead I focused on telling a story, on connecting, on engaging, and on serving my audience, on helping them see possibilities, creating content for me became so much easier and kind of overwhelming because all of a sudden I had so many ideas where before I was just like, oh, no, like I, I felt like idea constipation. And then once I just said, you know what, I just need to connect. I just need to evoke some feelings of inspiration or hope or excitement. That is a lot easier than like, I need to teach you the 85 step process to digital marketing. Like that's boring and like I'm bored writing it. You would be bored reading it. And it was just putting too much pressure on myself to be, I don't know, some professor. I'm not even sure what was in my head back then. And, um, And I'm so glad that I had these ahas because again, when I took that pressure off of having to be a college level expert, and instead focused on connecting, engaging, and serving my audience, creating content became a breeze. Stories came to me easier. Real authentic experiences came to me a lot easier. And just giving myself permission to be myself came a lot easier. And honestly, because of that, clients came to me a whole lot easier because they connected with the stories and the experiences that I shared. I was no longer selling to sell. I was sharing to invite clients to work with me. And I want you to do the same in your business. It'll make a big difference in how you show up, in how people talk with you, and how impactful your work is on others. So there you go. I'd love to invite you to do a little brainstorm. Set your timer for 15 to 20 minutes and brainstorm how you could create a different type of content. How can you use your learning moments, as I like to call them? You know, those those moments of failure or where things didn't go quite right. How can you use those and your ahas and your feelings to engage your audience? And I'd love if you would let me know... Um, What comes up for you? Like as you go through and you do this work, what comes up for you? You can hit me up on social media or you can just email me, michelle at michellelevans.com. I'd love to hear from you about, you know, like how these ahas served you, what came out of it um, as you started creating new content and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, and I just love to hear from from listeners like you anyway with questions and all that kind of stuff because it helps me understand what I can create to give you even more value from this podcast. All right. As you were listening to this podcast today, did you think of someone who finds creating content hard? If so, I would love it if you would do both of us a big favor and share this episode with them. It's super easy to do from whatever podcasting app you're listening in, or you can just share the URL for today's show, which you can find at themarketingfunnelshow.com forward slash 64. 
And your friend can listen right there on their computer or their phone. All right, I hope that this helped you. I hope that you're off to set your timer for 15 to 20 minutes and to think about how you can use these ahas to um, create some new different kind of content. And just in case you're wondering, the ahas are these again. Aha number one, people don't care how much you know, how much I know, how much any of us knows until they know where we started from. Think Richard Branson, think Oprah, right? Aha number two is no one wants your 12-step process yet. They want to, they want inspiration instead of information. And aha number three is everyone wants to feel something. What is it that your audience wants to feel in order to get excited and engaged in what you're doing? So there you go. Have an amazing week. I'll see you back here next week, same time, same place, on another great episode of The Marketing Funnel Show.